Hello, amazing. Welcome to East 41st Street, also known as Library Way, because it is a little block between Madison Avenue and Fifth Avenue that leads straight to New York Public Library. I'm walking from a morning meeting at Grand Central Station in the Vanderbilt Hall at Great Northern Food Hall where you can get Tibiagas, the best, in my opinion, the best uh, pastry invented in Denmark and now made available in its best possible form right here in Midtown Manhattan. And uh, a listener named Nikki asked me a question a while back that I've been thinking about and that I wanted to to discuss today she asked me would you want to live forever and why or why not and I think it's a it's an interesting question to to ponder on a really cold Wednesday morning my first instinct is no uh, I don't want to live forever but I think that's maybe a little little too flat uh, I think it's it's maybe worthwhile to to unpack a little bit like what's the what 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 are the conditions of, of this question um, you know are, are we talking about living forever in a world where everyone else is mortal and, and is dying because that seems to be uh, more of a curse than a blessing if you have to live forever but everyone else around you is mortal and will die. Um, imagine you have kids and you go on living forever, but you know that you will outlive your own kids. That's that's almost unbearable just to to imagine that. Uh, not just your kids, but your grandkids and and your grand grandkids. Um, the the question changes a little bit if you say, well. What if everybody else was immortal? What if everybody else lived forever? Would you want to be mortal then? Uh, that's that's a little bit harder for me to imagine because that's that's a kind of double hypothetical. Um, but so so it's it's yeah that's actually hard for me to to answer. I probably it probably makes sense if everybody else is immortal. Uh, to um, to also be immortal, so that you're not. The, it's like it's a, choosing to be mortal when everybody else is immortal. It's a little bit like committing suicide. Um, that it's like it's an active choice then of not wanting to to live. But I think maybe the most important thing in in this question for me is this. Uh, to, to even have this conversation, we need to be just more comfortable to to even talk about and consider death and dying, our own death, our kids' death, our own parents' death. Um, and I think that's, again, whatever way we frame it, I think that's a really, really important thing. It's one of the things that have been the, the, the biggest blessing of, of my life has been being confronted with death at a at a reasonably young age 
and having to take it seriously and, and accept it as a, as a fact. My, uh, I've told this and written about this several times. Um, my, my mother died when I was 14 years old. And, and that's a fact. That's, that happened. But the way that it happened was also, you could say, there was a lot of beauty in the way that, that she handled her own dying. Uh, and I learned probably more than, than anything else uh, about how to live life and how to, to make the most out of this life um, by, uh, by accepting this, this premise of death. And, uh, and so, again, things could change if in, in a world where, let's say, everybody else is, is immortal. Um, but, but for now, um, I think that there is a tremendous value in the limitation of, of life, that it is not infinite, that it's not immortal. Uh, I think it gives focus and direction and clarity. And ultimately, I think it's one of the things that make life meaningful, that you have this amount. You don't know exactly how much, but you have some amount. You don't have infinite amount. And you have to make a choice what to do with it. If it was infinite, it could be um, quite, quite boring. The best example, maybe, or the best story to illustrate that is uh, Douglas Adams in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a marvelous book in, in so many ways, but especially for the way that he takes big philosophical problems like this and then uh, tell really quirky stories that take them to the extreme degree. And uh, in, in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there's a character who, uh, who becomes kind of... I don't, know if he, I don't know if he's immortal, but he certainly... Like, he, he manages somehow to get to live forever. And it's exciting at first for him, but then he realizes the, the pointlessness of everything when, when he has infinite time. And so the best thing he can come up with to spend his life... Uh, his infinite life on is this really, really uh, long task that he decides to to basically make a list of every living creature in the universe, sort it alphabetically, and then fly around the universe and harass every one of them one at a time. And so in the book, um, there's a scene where he comes to insult and harass Arthur Dent, the, the main protagonist of the story. So Arthur is stranded on a on a planet somewhere in the universe and this little flying saucer comes and lands and he's so happy because now he'll be finally rescued. He's been stranded on this planet for so long. And out comes this little creature and he walks up and he says, are you Arthur Dent? Arthur D. Dent. And he's like, yes, that's me. Arthur Dent. You're shit. And then he leaves in his little flying saucer. And I think it's such a uh, such a good example, again, of um, just taking this this issue of like what what would you actually do if it was infinite? All right, those were my thoughts on living forever and why, at least under the current conditions of my imagination, that I, I see more value in in uh, grappling with death than than uh, 
living forever. If you have thoughts on this, I would love to hear from you. Please do send me an email or tweet or whatever way you prefer. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.